0: You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Jesus, we ask that even in this gathering, Lord God, that you would meet us in a powerful way. God life transformation is what we want. When you come back, we want to look like you, Lord. We want to have reflected your glory on the Earth. We want to be, transformed by, be trans, we want to be transformed by beholding you. And Lord Jesus, we ask that we would not take the pursuit of God lightly. God, we do not want to live lightly on planet Earth. We want to know you. We want to make a measurable impact in our generation. And God, we're eager, Lord Jesus, to know the real God, to not live with a false image of God. We want, we want to be people that study your word. We want to be people that when we pray, we have a right perspective of who you are. Your character and your attributes are on our lips. God, we want to be sons and daughters that talk often about the father that we love. So Holy Spirit, would you come right now, Lord God, and I ask that you would illuminate your word and Lord God, that these ideas would be more than uh, Bible verses, that they would be more than than phrases, but that they would be uh, living realities in our hearts. That we would actively participate in hearing your word, God. And so God, let our hearts be ready. Let our minds be alert, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Sometimes when we think about our Father, uh, God, often, you know, if right now we know that many young people that have grown up in our culture, have grown up with a a father figure that was either uh, absent, or a father figure that was mean to them, or uh, there's so many kids that actually deal with fatherlessness, where we have so many divorces, and oftentimes I think that the idea of God as a perfect father, uh, because of of our, our image of our natural father, we don't have a right image of what our... Heavenly Father is like. And when we say that our Heavenly Father is perfect, I think a lot of times when you hear that word perfect, it's easy to think about a God that is distant and that is wholly other than, in the sense that, you know, he is, he's got angels, you know, uh, all around him, heavenly choirs around him, and there are, you know, a seraphim falling down before him, and he's the creator, and, and almost like a distant perfect. But I want you to think, when you think about your, your perfect father, that he's perfect in all of his dealings with you. The way that he leads you is perfect. The way that he takes care of you in a personal way is perfect. The way that he is capable of protecting you is perfect. And so true, he's, it's, he's perfect in the sense that he is uh, omnipotent and that he is omniscient and that he is creator but let's take that out of the context of being a distant concept of God that's kind of out there, kind of this transcendent being, and for a moment, imagine an extremely personal father that responds to you perfectly. I mean, if you were to try to imagine having a human father that did everything exactly right, it's almost impossible for us to imagine that, but imagine a a, a human father that was perfect, I mean, a human father that treated you well, a human father that loved you, a human father that uh, forgave you, a human father that spent time with you, a human father that just by virtue of being born into his family, you felt like royalty, that you were accepted by virtue of the fact that you were born into that family. Now take that a few levels deeper and imagine that that is what it's like to have a heavenly father. And it's not for time, but it's for eternity. And because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross and you receiving that, and you choosing to give your life to our God, you now step into a family where you are a son or a daughter of a perfect father who loves you in a tangible, personal way with perfect love. It's not distant. It's not not an idea that we uh, just read about in the theology books. But that affects the way that you pray. That affects the way that you relate to him. He's not just a distant perfect. He's a right now, present perfect for you. He's a personal perfect. He's a perfect father in how he deals with you. John chapter 14, uh, there's a statement that Philip says to Jesus, Jesus is the, the greatest expression for us to view what the Father is like. If you want to know what the Father is like, look at the life of Jesus and how it relates with his disciples, how he relates to the crowds, how he relates to children. That's how God, that's what God is like. But in John 14, Jesus is talking and Philip kind of jumps back and he says, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And I want, I've said that phrase over and over again in these Weeks that we've been talking about God as Father because I want that to be part of your vernacular. As you go out and as you go to China and as you go to Africa and as we go on tour, my hope is that these are not ideas and verses and sermons that are just ministering to you, but that they're the ideas that we're hitting every week so that you can be an effective minister to young people. And when you take care of broken people next week on tour, You need this idea inside of you. If we understand the Father, Thomas, uh, I mean, Philip, I think, kind of backpedaled onto a pretty stunning reality here because he says, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And when he says that, he actually says something that if you have an accurate understanding of what our Father is like, it will be enough for you. It will be enough for you to feed upon. It will be a protector when you need protected. The reality of what our father is like will be a comfort to you when you, need, when you need to be comforted. Show us the father and that will be enough for us is what Philip says. And he says a true statement. Show me what God is like and I'll be okay. Let me have, let me have an understanding of who God is and I'll be fine. Your father is perfect. When you pray our father, You're praying to a father that is perfect. He's the perfect father. Human fathers on earth that are perfect don't exist. But there is one that is perfect. And he's your father. Yours. He's your father 10 years from now. He's your father 20 years from now. And so, you know, when you think about Jesus And he talks about, you know, look at the lilies of the field. Are they not taken care of? Why would you worry? Think about how much you you worry about money. Think about how much you worry about your job, paying off bills, paying off your college tuition or loans. Think about how much you worry about the right marriage spouse, who you're going to marry. Think about how much you worry about, about those things. And then think about the fact that for the next 60 years, you have a perfect father. Imagine if your earthly father had trillions and trillions of dollars. Would you worry? No. You're fine your father wants to give you good gifts it's not it's not spiritual hocus pocus when you said yes to jesus when you became a part of the fellowship of the redeemed you entered into having a real family and a real father and your father cares for you he cares about every he's a perfect father inevitably when you say things like that question goes, okay, well, then why isn't my life better? Why does my life seem to not make sense? Why do I have so many hardships? Why are the dollars not there? Well, I think that sometimes you and I have an inaccurate understanding that we live in a war zone, and this is a battle, and this is not just you and I walking around like robots There's an enemy that wants to take you out and you have a real father that wants to take care of you. And the more that you bolster up and in your own strength, try to take care of yourself, oftentimes the more we stumble. But the more that you can understand that you have a heavenly father and you can in in meekness and gentleness, trust him, walk with him, then it softens your heart. And rather than defining success in life like the world does, You go, okay, my father takes care of me, but my father says, happy are those that are poor in spirit. Not, you know, rich and and vibrato. Vibrato? What's the word I'm looking for? You know, bravado. Thank you. Is that a, a, that's a musical word, right? Yeah. Not, Not rich and cocky. There you go. Let's go with that. You know, Jesus says, happier the meek. Jesus says, happier the pure in heart. Those things all go so contrary to our society. But peace and rest in your father's house, you're happy when you choose brokenness. You're happy when you choose to be pure in heart instead of filled with the sexual perversions of the age or filled with the lust or the greed or pride. Those, that, that's, that's the way that you find happiness in the father's house. And so you imagine Jesus as the son to the father, you know? I can imagine if he were here and he were looking at us and he were looking at the way that we define the good life. I'd say, no, in my father's house, the happiness comes. <laughs> happier are you, happier are you when people persecute you for my namesake. That's not how we define happiness, but that's happiness in the father's house. Happy are you, you know? When you're poor in spirit, when you're meek, when you're pure of heart, when you're a peacemaker. That goes so contrary. goes so contrary to the world that we live in. And sometimes what we do is we say, okay, Father, if you're a good father, then you're gonna take care of the things I want and the things that I want you to take care of. But I can tell you, having three kids right now, that if I... If I gave them what they wanted and, I defi- and, and the way that they defined happiness, they'd probably not be alive. <laughs> they would eat nothing but candy and bathe all day. <laughs> They're three and two. <laughs> You're like, are those teenagers? No. Um, you have a father and he's perfect. His ways are higher than your ways. His ways are not like ours. He will take care of you. If you had had an earthly father that had a billion dollars, you'd rest. You'd be at peace. How convicting is that? How much more ought we be at peace and at rest? Your father has more than a billion dollars. Your father has the planets between his pinky and his thumb and at the palm of his hand. Your father can take care of you. Your father can take care of your education. Your father can take care of your financial needs. Your father can take care of your fears and your worries. Your father is a good father. He's perfect. In the way that he fathers you, he's perfect. Your father is approachable. He's not far off. Some of you grew up with fathers that were so mean. You're scared to come and talk to him. But we read in Hebrews four, that when we approach the throne of grace with boldness, we find rejection there. No, we find mercy there. We find kindness there. And because again, of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, who he is, he crushed Satan forever. We have an on-ramp to a relationship with a perfect father. You, not Joe Couch or super Christian, not Jeremiah Parks. (laughs) She's laughing, he's not super Christian. Just kidding. (laughs) You, you do. You have an on-ramp. You have an approachable, perfect father. It's you the perfect invitation to draw near. I think about, you know, like when we read, when we read about, um, in Ephesians 6, it says, fathers do not exasperate your children. And uh, I, I, when I read that, I was thinking, I was, I was meditating on that this week and I was thinking about, okay, fathers don't exasperate your children. What does exasperate mean? You know, because I was thinking, all right, Surely God is the kind of father that he tells us to be. If he tells me to be a certain kind of father, certainly he carries that characteristic, right? So I was looking this up and, and basically the word exasperate is basically like, don't annoy your children. <laughs> and so you can know we have a God, he's perfect. He's kind, he's approachable. He's not the religious, wagging his finger, annoying father pestering you, driving you crazy because you couldn't measure up. No, He doesn't exasperate His children. He's a perfect Father for you. He's a perfect Father, not just out there, He's perfect now. He's perfect in the way that He deals with you. That means He's perfect in the way that He deals with your God time. He's perfect in the way that he, He has the ability to orchestrate your life, to help you. He's perfect. Is approachable. Your father is faithful. He's faithful. Second Timothy two thirteen says, "When we are faithless, he is faithful." Our God is faithful. When I think about him being faithful, I think about John fourteen eighteen, where, where Jesus says to his disciples. I will not leave you as orphans. You know, the interesting thing about orphans is they're always on a search. They're always on a search for somebody, something. We see it in the movies, we see it on television shows. Sometimes you see that in your your own life or in your friends, you know, the person that's, Constantly needing the boyfriend or the girlfriend, or constantly needing you to praise them or tell them that they're awesome—you know—that the person that's always needing more, they're just—they're never at peace. They're never at rest. That's oftentimes times a signal that they haven't found rest in the royalty of sonship, the royalty of being a daughter of heaven. You have a perfect father. And he won't leave you like an orphan. You're not an orphan. Orphans are constantly searching and looking, needing more. But kids that know that they're loved have all their needs taken care of. They're happy. They're joyful. And they're at rest. And you can see that with little kids. Think about it in your own life the seasons where you've been close to God, the seasons where you chose with your mind to believe that He is perfect, that He is true, that He is faithful, that He won't leave you as an orphan and you rest. And then when you start to stare at your circumstance, you start to stare at where it looks like things are heading You get your eyes on the world, get your eyes on your circumstance. You start to kind of get nervous, lose trust. But our God, He's faithful. He's faithful to me. He's faithful to you. He will take care of you. He'll take care of your needs. He'll take care of your hurts. If you'll get alone with Him and pray, if you'll pray while you're sitting at Pikes Peak Community College while you're in the prayer meetings, you'll engage, pray. He'll take care of you. He'll be faithful to you. He'll be faithful to me. I think when we look at Jesus, you know, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, don't worry, I won't leave you as orphans. I wonder if there was a moment where they're sitting in the upper room, maybe maybe when Jesus, you know, comes and visits them on the water and they think he's a ghost. Maybe when he walks through the wall, he's kind of like, ta-da, I'm back, you know. I wonder if there's a moment where they looked and they went, he kept his word. Do you remember when he said he'd he'd come back? Do you remember when he told us he wouldn't leave us like orphans? Do you remember that? I wonder if there was a moment where he kind of just let the air out and go, wow, you are faithful to your word, Jesus. I think you and I will all have that moment. I think we'll have a moment where we'll look eye to eye with God and we'll look at our lives. I'll we'll go, God, you, you were faithful. I, I, I had so many different thoughts about how you were gonna do things in my life. I can guarantee you the disciples were not thinking, oh yeah, Judas will betray him, one of our brothers. They'll come and they'll whip him. We'll be publicly humiliated. He will be publicly humiliated. He will be scourged. He'll die on a cross. He'll be embarrassed. I can guarantee you that was not the way that they were thinking this thing was gonna go down. Surely, there's some moments where you question, was he who he said he was? Or did I believe a lie? Was he really God? Can I really trust him? And sometimes in our own lives, those are the questions we ask. I worshiped my face off. I prayed all night. I fasted for three days. I joined the furnace. I joined 24-7. I did DI. I memorized the scriptures. I did the thing. I've been faithful. I've done my part. Where are you? Surely, Thomas, come here. Touch my hand. Thomas, come here. Touch my side. I'm faithful. I won't leave you like an orphan. I'm for you. I called you. I take care of you. I'm back. I'm your future. I'm your mission statement. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. Friend, I don't know where you're at tonight, but you're not an orphan. He'll take care of you. He'll be faithful to you. It probably won't be like you thought. All of us think it's the rich guy giving us the check to go to China at the last minute. All of us think, you know, God's going to give you the spouse. She's going to walk by and music's going to go off. Her hair will be, you know, shining in the sun and sparkling in the wind. Ah, oh, there she is. <laughs> Inevitably, though, your journey's not going to be kind of like you planned it. And you have to choose. Imagine the disciples choosing when the one that they had loved and followed got crucified like a crazy man, like a blasphemer. It's like, all right, got to stay the course here. Jesus came back, walking on water, walking through walls. He's faithful to them, He'll be faithful to us. He'll be faithful to us. He'll be faithful to the prayers that we pray night after night, corporately. He'll be faithful to us as we spend much of what we have to get on 747s to go all over the world, as we go strictly with the purpose of sharing the good news. He'll be faithful to us as we follow. He's a perfect father. He's perfect to you. He's not just perfect out for someone else or perfect as an attribute for a theology book. He's perfect in the way that he deals with you. You can approach him. He's kind, he's faithful. And I like to say this I think when we look at our perfect God, our perfect Father, he's affectionate. He's an affectionate Father. In Jewish culture, when um, when a young man was going into uh, become a man, you know, the bar mitzvah, it was a tradition for the father to just speak a father's blessing over his son. It's kind of the passageway of him becoming a man. You th- look at our father, you look at the way that our Heavenly Father leans over the balcony of heaven as Jesus begins his ministry. And you know one of the things I love about that? It's not just that he declares to his son that he loves him. I love that part. But you know what's kind of fun about that? Is that when we look at Matthew three, and Jesus receives the affirmation from his heavenly father, it's prior to miracles and sermons. It's just because he's his son. It's just, you're my boy. This is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. A lot of us in our searching, we're constantly trying to do stuff to be pleasing. I want to be pleasing. I've got to do the thing. But when you capture that you're a son, that you're a daughter, because of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross, you step into going, I am a son now, even if I haven't done this, 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 you're a son now. And as you believe that, it grants you strength to become great, rather than doing things in an attempt to be great. Of course, you know these scriptures. I'm gonna give some of them to you, though. I want you to preach them. I want you to say them. I want you to know them. Psalm 17, eight, keep me as the apple of your eye. That's what David prays. Make that your prayer. As a daughter, as a son, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. Your heavenly father is always affectionate, always. So say, well, I thought he has anger. He does have anger. Sometimes he'll step in. He wants to crush something in your life. And you go, wow, see, that hurts me. Well, I'll tell you what he wants to crush. He wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you. He wants to crush the thing that's going to kill you. He wants to crush the thing that's going to cause you to spend an eternity in hell. So, if you're full of arrogance and pride, and suddenly your journey goes a difficult direction, God wants to kill your pride. He wants to destroy the thing that will destroy you. Why? Because He loves you. And He wants to be with you in eternity, He wants you to be with Him in eternity. So some of us have to go through difficult seasons often over and over again as we relearn things. Why? Because God's got to get it out of us. He wants to destroy your lust problem. He wants to destroy your greed problem. Because He loves you. Well, I thought, you know, maybe if He's a good God and He loves me, He'll just wink at it and let it go. Trust me as a father, that's not the way you handle it. (laughs) Because when you do that, then we just get more and more distant from Him as we tolerate lust, as we tolerate greed, as we tolerate sloth, which is so prevalent in our culture. Just sitting around, wasting the precious days that God gave us to advance His kingdom. One more. Your Father is present. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, our Father, because He loves us, He says, tell you what, I'm going to be near you all the time. Now, on my best day, I've never had a friend that's with me all the time. I've had some good friends. I had some great friends in high school. You know what? I don't think I've talked to many of them in a long time. I, I had really good friends in college. kind of close to some of them now. I, I've had really, really good friends here in the furnace. Close to some of them now, but not with them all the time. In fact, if you even take it uh, uh, another level, you know, my kids, I mean, they're my joy. Can't be with them all the time. My wife, the love of my life, well, I can't be with her all the time. There is one that we can be with all the time. And he's perfect. Imagine the stupidity to neglect knowing the person that you have the opportunity to be with all the time, who is perfect, who wants to take care of you, who has a billion dollars. Times a hundred, times a million. You have a perfect father. He loves you. He cares for you. He's gonna take care of you. He's faithful to you. He's approachable by you right now. He's affectionate in how he deals with you. He's not mean. He's kind. And you can be with him all the time, all the time. That, can you imagine the joy of being a part of that family? Being the son of that father, or the daughter of that father, that's a good life. That's a great opportunity. I want to encourage you. Let this reality go into your heart. Come before your perfect father, our father. I like to take that sometimes, and I go, my father. My Father, who's in heaven, you're perfect. Hallowed be your name. I want your kingdom established on the earth. I want your will to be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. Give me the good stuff. You know, give me this day, my daily bread. Give me what I need today. I want to learn the joy of being content in all things. Help me. Help me to from choosing, ba- making bad choices today. I want to encourage you, get to know your Father. The on-ramp is available. He's perfect. He's, he's perfect in His dealings with you. I want you to think about your life for a minute. God is perfect in His dealings with you. The family you were born into. education you have I'm not saying all those things are perfect but the way he's walked with you is perfect his relationship the approachability be a son a wise son Proverbs 10 1 makes his father's heart glad some of you are going to bring all kinds of gladness to the heart of your father some of you won't We want to be a tribe that makes our Father's heart glad, brings joy to the perfect Father. It's our privilege. It's our delight. And it's in front of us. It's the road we choose. Let me pray for you. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would guard the heart of every young man and woman here tonight. Father, I pray that 20 years from now, they would know you. I pray that 20 years from now, the lusts of the age wouldn't have crept in. And the seduction of money, and the seduction of sex, and the seduction of greed. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would know you. The true Father. Pray that the ache in their heart to be a good son or a good daughter would still exist 20 years from now. I pray that 20 years from now would be affected because of the choices they make in the after hours right now. In the boring moments. In the dull moments. Happy are those that are pure in heart in the Father's house. Happy are those that are poor of spirit. Happier are those that are meek. Happier with those that make peace. God, your ways are so different than the world we live in. They're so different than what we face at work and at school. So different than even the way that we deal with our friends so often. God, help us to be true sons and daughters. We want to live by your rules in your house. We want to know our perfect Father. Oh, how we love you, God. We just, apart from all the stuff, apart from all the things, all the ministry we do, and all the dollars we work for, and the grades that we stay up nights trying to get, God, apart from all those things, we just love you, God. We just want reality in God. I don't want to live in the rat race anymore. I don't want to live in the world's rat race that's always chasing stuff. I want to live in the Father's house. I want to know our perfect Father. Jesus, I ask that you would take care of the people that need you that have needed miracles tonight. As we prayed for miracles, Lord God, my heart just breaks. So many whose families are hurting. So many carrying a burden for lost people at their job. So many that need financial help. God, we just come before you as sons and daughters. trust is in you. If you take care of the lilies of the field, why won't you take care of us? Thank you for your loving kindness to us. Thank you for your mercy in our hour of need. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us and giving us life when death is all around us. Thank you for coming and being the song in our hearts. Thank you for giving us joy. Even in the midst of difficulty. Hardship. Happy are the pure in heart for they will see God. God, we want to see you. And I want to go through the... Commotions, the motions, and the schedules of the furnace for a year. Have a wineskin, but not have any wine. Don't want to go through the rituals and be void of encounter. There's no God like our God. So, God, would you invade our lives? Would you visit us in the night? Would you visit us as we pray? Would you visit us in the morning? Would you visit us in the day? Would you give us dreams and visions? God, would we see miracles in China and Africa and on tour? God, we're not content for church lives, for just structured meetings, and God, we want so much more. I want to know you now. We want to know you today. We want the heart of a father, sing songs of his children. We want that reality in our lives today. We want the blessedness that comes from living the Christ-like life now. We want it, God. some of you that you're just so filled with fear. This whole message is just that you can trust God again. You can trust your Father. I'm not going to make anybody stand, but if you just go, I've been filled with fear, will you just raise your hand? That's you, I've got fear in my life, just raise it. Jesus, I lift up every hand raised. I pray, Lord God, for faith where there's been fear. I pray that they would trust their Heavenly Father again. They'd stop trying to produce, to please, but they would just rest in the heart of a good God who loves them. We trust you, Jesus in you, through you, to you, are all things, and our hope is in you, and our life is in you, our tomorrow is in you, our days are yours. Where else will we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Only you satisfy the longing of our heart. Only you last forever and ever. Where else would we go? We give you our lives, Jesus. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for Local Churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.